You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The show must go on. It's showtime. Get it? <laughs> because I'm Beetlejuice and she's a show. Anyway, B-Way Showtime. You know, the whole being a podcaster thing. Listen or else. Hey everyone, it's Shoshana, aka B-Way Show, and welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast. This week's guest is Morgan Siobhan Green. Morgan is currently leading the North American tour of Town as Eurydice. She made her Broadway debut in Be More Chill, where she understudied Christine Canigula, Brooke Lose, Chloe Valentine, and Jenna Rowland. You can listen to her sing Good Kid from The Lightning Thief by Rob Rokiki, and Kermit's classic Rainbow Connection on B-Way Show YouTube. Plus, Do It For You from Between the Lines, now off Broadway. Morgan has an adorable pup named Pip, who you can follow at Pips underscore story. Looking ahead to 2023, get tickets for a 54 Below show on April 4th. Hey everybody, have you heard? I saw Morgan as Jenna and Be More Chill, and my goodness, what a performer. And I can't wait to raise our cups Tuesday night and give her flowers when I see Morgan in Hades Town. Wait for me, because now it's time for my chat with this little songbird from April 16th, 2020, recorded for my live YouTube series, The Show Must Go On Line. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you, Morgan, for joining us today. Yeah, of course. So I love how comfy you look. You are rocking that hair right now. Like, what has it been like for you during this quarantine? It's been crazy. One, I had just started, like, I, like, just stopped de-wigging my hair from, like, Be More Chill and Moby Dick. So I had just gotten done, like, pressing it and blowing it out. And now, because hair salons are non-essential, I've been um having to do my own remedies to my hair so actually I have these like cool little twist knots that I put it in like every single day they're hard to sleep in but that's how I get the the curl and I'm in my childhood high school home right now so um yeah it's completely opposite of like living with a wig in New York to natural hair in your high school home So interesting. I've been loving following along on your social media. From a lot of people who I've been messaging with about this, everyone's like, we need to hear about Pip. So just go off. Okay, so I have been talking about getting a dog for years. I had a dog briefly at some point like in my undergraduate career. And my grandfather had passed away, but he always had these dogs that he would use to go hunting. So he had a whole bunch of puppies and he used to tell us, don't take any wooden nickels. 
just like an old euphemism that now makes sense. And at the time, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So we had this little puppy and I ended up not being able to keep her. So we gave her to my uncle. So I wasn't able to keep that puppy that I got from my grandfather. And so I was sitting in quarantine and I was just looking at puppies online because I need something smaller to be able to take with me if I'm traveling. And then also like a lot of these adoption places are like vacant. Like everyone is like taking the dogs because everyone's like, I need to talk to somebody or I just need to hug somebody. So I contacted this lady. It was an adventure. Me and my parents and my brother drove a total of nine hours to get um, Pip from a farm almost in like Wisconsin. So I named him Pip from my character in Moby Dick. I played Pip. So that's his name. I call him Pippy sometimes. And he He's cuddly and he's constantly remorseful <laughs> and he's really, he's really sweet. He's really cute. He had a lot more hair than this when we first got him, but we were able to sneak him a, a puppy cut before everything got fully locked down where I'm at. Look how cute he is. He's just chilling there. He's asleep. He's fallen asleep since we've started talking. He's knocked out, <laughs> like completely knocked out right now. That is Incredible. I love dogs so much. I have Flynn chilling right here. Actually, okay, I'm going to show everyone who's watching at home. <laughs> oh, man, I love him so much. And there is something so nice about just having a dog because right before, right before I got ready for this, we were just chilling watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm -hmm. And Slim just had his like head on my lap, and I was like, I "I'm supposed to get ready, but I don't want to leave." There's so in this particular time, it has been so nice to have something that makes me get out of bed. And I'm not gonna say I don't take like extra naps because he loves to sleep, but if I feel that having Pip makes me get up in the morning because, or I'm going to be cleaning up pee. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I have to take this dog out. So it's just nice to have something beyond myself that is like a responsibility that's going to help me keep. Because I also don't want like the transition back to whatever this new normal is to be yeah. so jarring. If I'm sleeping all day, I'm not doing anything, I'm not active. It's going to be like, it's going to be even more awful than I can already imagine it might already be anyway to begin with. So just having some form of a routine is nice. And a puppy is just like an extra plus. Ah, uh, puppies. I know. I, I'm just going to, if if it gets a little distracting, y'all, if I just look back at this adorable dog. <laughs> we, we tried for one of these other live chats to like bring a chair next to us, but the height difference wouldn't work. So I'm so sorry that you won't get like that double dosage of dog, but like Pip is here. So I think, you know, we're, we're all very happy. Um, and people are commenting, so cute. That dog is the cutest. Yes, Judy. Yes, Paola. Love all of this. So many people are saying hi, Eva. So nice to see all of you tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in Moby Dick. Before that, you were in Be More Chill. Now we have Between the Lines coming up. Has that just been this crazy process of being at home now and thinking that that would be going on soon? Yeah. Between the Lines was actually one of the first... I call it real gigs I had post-grad school mm -hmm. and I did in Kansas City first. And it was one of those projects that I was like, I would love to do that again. So like being in the time frame of like 
I should have a show right now tonight. You know, it's very like, it's a little weird. It's also humbling to like know that like life can change and will change uh, quickly. This year has already been insane. My mom had a cancer diagnosis this year and she's fine now, but I have also been home since February. You know, some people have gone home and it was like March and they're like, oh, everything's hitting the fan. And I'm like, I've, I've been here in my home already, in my childhood home for like an extra month. So that breath and like that break, I think we all should have definitely um, specified what type of break we wanted. Definitely has taught me to be very specific with my words, but I'm hopeful that the journey and the story of the show will live on in whatever capacity it is. But knowing that there are so many people and projects that are also in the same boat is also as sad as it is. It's also reassuring to know it's not like a foreign experience that our particular show is having right now. Yeah. Is that something you've been talking to your friends about in the, in the industry? Yeah, I actually, we had a little, Zoom meeting all the Be More Chill Swings a few weeks oh, ago nice. for Anthony's birthday. And we were just all like, we don't know what's happening. Like we, Ty should have been getting ready to be done with Wicked. Anthony was about to go do another show. Joel was doing a show. It was just so odd to like know exactly what it is you were supposed to be doing in that moment. And that it's like, it's not, it's not what's happening right now. And also dealing, I think a lot of people are realizing how much performance is catharsis and therapeutic. And now that we don't have access to that, I know a lot of people are spending a lot of time with themselves. And that's a really telling and important thing that I hope that we take some of that with us when life resumes, that like not being afraid to be alone with ourselves and not convolute our lives with just this activity, this activity, but to really, truly take care of ourselves so that when these moments happen, be it forced or out of necessity, we're not surprised like what we find (laughs) inside. So yeah, it's definitely an ongoing conversation with a lot of artists that are just trying to cope the best way that they know how. Yeah, that is so tough. I know um, Elisa, who goes by Dr. Drama, has also been doing this series and just talking about what it is to be home when you should be at work or to be with people that you love, but not necessarily want to be with Mm 24-7. And there are just so many aspects to this that you don't really think about until it happens. And then you're like, oh, oh, okay, what am I going to do during the day? How much do you work? How much do you try to like relax? Or, you know, have you been watching any TV shows or movies or reading any books? I actually finally finished. I think I have 10 pages left on the Barracoon, which is a story on the of the last person to be cargo in the slave trade. It's really interesting. Norzeal Hurston took the... Zora Neale Hurston. I'm like, I haven't had coffee today. Excuse me. Fair. (laughs) Zora Neale Hurston did this interview and it's like, it's amazing. Just this like person's disassociation because, you know, slaves at that point only knew slavery, but this is a person that like actually knew their home. So I've been reading that book and I think Moby Dick really segued me into that because I think my character has some like background story in that world. TV shows. I'm not going to lie. I've been watching a lot of Lifetime movies. 
<laughs> I really like Lifetime movies, even though I know it's going to happen. But it's great because I just yell at the TV or the screen or whatever, and that's, like, fun to do. And I got my mom watching Parenthood. Um, I've watched it, like, three or four times front to back. But it's, like, I want my mom to watch that, that type of show. It's a different emotional feeling than This Is Us. So I was like, oh, we should we, – we have time. We should watch that. And I don't know what type of movies. I've been watching scary movies. Really? Yeah. I don't That's know. like the opposite of what I want right now. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's counterintuitive to be watching horror films. But I don't know. I've been watching, like, I just watched Hereditary. Nope. Stressed. I was very stressed. I watched that in the theaters, actually. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. No. I was like all sort like I'm a very physical like watcher of things so (laughs) we were watching something oh no I was watching crazy ex-girlfriend I just finished it last night obsessed with it and have you watched it no okay so I'm not gonna say anything that you or anyone else who hasn't watched it yet would like you know it would ruin but Rachel or Rebecca Bunch was doing something and I just went no (laughs) just like I I yell at the tv and John's in the other room and he's like you're not supposed to yell at the tv they can't hear you I go I'm pretty sure most people like react like that oh yeah (laughs) I saw like right before I came home I went to Alamo and I saw um, 1917. Mm. And you know, their rule is like, no talking, <laughs> like no sound. And there was like this gory moment. And I was like, mm-mm. I, like, I literally said, mm-mm. And my boyfriend looked at me and he was like, shh. And immediately, it was like a three beat. Like immediately something else gory happened and yeah. everyone screamed. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't scream and I looked at him and I gave him that face. It was like, he was like, I'm so sorry. That's my... Like, I love, I think my most memorable, and I want to hear yours, my most memorable theater-going, like, movie theater-going experience was seeing Get Out in the theater. God. <laughs> it was as theatrical of an event of seeing a movie that there has ever been for me. Everyone, like, responded in the same moments for the same, like, psychological reasons. And I was like, I don't know if I would have wanted to see that movie first, in my house like the idea of like all these people experiencing it at the same time and yelling and screaming and like I had the same feeling when I saw Inception in the movie theaters and I'm not shy like Inception ended and no one said anything and I was like so what just happened and we all sat maybe for like 10 minutes and everyone in the movie theaters was like yelling like I think it was a dream or I thought it was fake or I thought and it was just interesting just like this like disconnect of like we shouldn't talk about what we just saw we should just get up and leave and I was like I don't care about that I'm confused was anybody else confused so yeah get out and inception we're okay scream scream shows (laughs) I watched that at home I'm trying to remember where did I see it I'm trying to think if I saw it with other people but the moment where I feel like a lot of people shouted it. I was like, get out! And I go, oh, smart name for the title. Yeah. <laughs> nice title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I, I really don't watch that many scary movies because I get scared very easily. And 
have nightmares. Like I am one of those people that has a bad time, like separating, like I just watched this movie in the theaters and now I'm going to go sleep nicely. So I try to like avoid that altogether. I really just see like Marvel and DC movies. (laughs) Mm, I need to catch up and I have so much time. So much time. Yeah, we actually started this Marvel marathon about a week ago, week and a half ago, because we thought, yeah, now's the time to do it if you've ever wanted to do something. So we've been going in order of release date and like the whole Marvel universe. Let me tell you, it's great. It'll like get you excited for something else. Like we just watched Doctor Strange the other night and we've been trying to like space it out in between other things. So it's not just like bam, bam, bam. But like, it's really fun to see it all together as like one universe, you know? Yeah. It's it's really interesting to binge things. Like I binged Game of Thrones during Be More Chill. <laughs> and I think because I binged it, I realized I was like, oh, they could have done this in like three less seasons. But like if you hadn't binged it, you maybe wouldn't have noticed it. You were just so excited for the next one to come out. Like there's something interesting about binging. Binging versus like watching in real time. Just the stuff that you just notice. So true. I'm really bad at that. Like I will specifically not start something that I know I will binge the whole thing through if I don't have the time. Like I've been wanting to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for ages, but I knew that I needed to like set aside strong binging time. How I Mm. just watched the whole thing in like two weeks. (laughs) Is it on Netflix? Yeah, the whole thing. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that. Highly recommend it. And if you need need someone to like, you know, react with, mm, I have so many fresh feelings. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Noted. So, okay. I know the Be More Chill um, swings. Y'all just had this amazing relationship. People always love to see in the theater where like a group forms together. Did you have like a group chat or like, I don't know. There were just so many things. We had multiple chats. We had like one with our PSM, just one with each other. And then we would just Instagram each other. We we were in like one big room and it really like felt like camp. We said that at one point, we're like, we're at camp. We're getting paid to be at camp right now. We're at camp. It was nice. I know that it's not, (laughs) it is like something that you want, but it's not something that is like guaranteed when you work with people that closely that you have want a relationship with them while you work, but then like a relationship that you want to continue. Like I'm like presently um, texting Joel, like he just went for a jog, but like I was just (laughs) texting Joel and I talked to Troy a few days ago and Cameron a few days ago and Talia yesterday. Like it's, it's nice to have worked with people that like, I think everyone's like career came to like a, a, a vortex there. And then like knowing that everyone is expanding and like we met each other when I guess is the like simplest way to put it. Have you had a chance now that it has been a little bit of time to like reflect on that whole journey and the emotion of that final everyone on stage together from the whole Iconison family? That was. Yeah, it was a wide range of just experiences to begin with. Just one, you know, you have the gratitude of like, being able to do what it is you came to New York to do. I mean, I'm in the house right now with my dad. And when I came to New York, I came to New York for grad school, but I had like three suitcases, which I packed my TV into one of them. And I knew two people. 
And I didn't know how to go about what I wanted to do, but I knew what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm too young and like too free to not go after it and just say I tried or I did it. And then add it on to that. I tried and I did it on my own terms, which is also its own journey. Like it's super hard. Like I know a lot of people say, be yourself, be unique. That's really hard when you look around and you see a specific type of people are excelling. Maybe I should be like those people. You know, like it's really hard to to stay true to yourself and look around and go, I want to be there and everybody that's there body is shaped this way, identifies this way, looks this way. Like it's really hard if you aren't those things presently to stay true to who you are. And then sometimes even if you are those things, like there's also nothing wrong with being those things. But then it's like, I don't want to just change myself up just for the sake of changing myself up and it's not working. It is an ever balancing act of just like happiness and finding control over the things you can't control. And just like an acceptance of who you are and a realization, there's many ways to go about doing it. Now, a lot of people don't really talk about that. There's no one way to go about it. Like if you go and you make your Broadway debut at 50, you've been on Broadway. You know what I mean? Like it yep. doesn't matter. Like you did it. You did it. I actually commend you because you stuck it out this long. We have a, he's a, <laughs> you know, oh, which hello. is, <laughs> He's out, <laughs> which is, he's literally back out, which is, you know, it's a journey that I'm going on with myself and be more chill. And what else did I do? Be more chill. And I did Junie B. Jones. That's how I got my equity card. Theater Works, shout out. Those were the only two shows I've ever done where they had been done before. So every show I've done up to that point and upcoming were gigs and jobs where I just read the materials like because I hadn't I hadn't seen Be More Chill when I went in off for Broadway or off Broadway I had never seen it so I was just like I'm gonna make people based off of these words and if it's far off or if it's wrong that's what the director's for they'll just tell me that's funny that's definitely not right though you know and I'll take the adjustment but it's also so liberating I think when you go Hmm, I'm going to go play somebody new because then I like, I went to school for that. I went to school to make something new. And I, I think I learned that from, you know, just being with the eclectic group of people that were backstage all the time is that, you know, be more chill, brought a certain type of, of audience member yeah. to the theater. And these are all people that don't act, look like, identify as the person next to them right and I think be more chill just helps illuminate the possibilities of what theater can represent like it or not think it's good or not what it can represent and when it represents that who feels represented well said the emotion I saw from the audience every time I went and like having those Wednesday nights were amazing yeah with the post-show hang and you were was it you were on for like two or three of them as different characters. Oh my God. I literally would tell Joe, I'm like, I see you every Wednesday, but I never know us who. Like yeah. it was one, it was like two or three weeks in a row where I was just alternating. And I think, it, yeah, that was insane. I think that's when I felt the most insane was when I was actually swinging. <laughs> 
what what is swinging like because every time i talk to someone who swings or it's just incredible that you have all that knowledge of the different characters in your head and ready to go on at a moment's notice i'm not going to say that is easy i will say that i think something that's attributed to my ability to like memorize things is i competed in speech when i was in undergrad just for fun because i was like I didn't feel challenged by my theater department and they had like an acting um, category in like forensic speaking. And you would do six, seven speeches in a weekend and you would have to know the material, know the characters, know the argument, be in time. Like there were just so many things that you had to do and you had to compartmentalize your brain. So it's like, I know there's all this stuff I need to know, but when I go on, I only need to know this stuff. I don't need to be thinking about the rest of that stuff, which is also like easier said than done. (laughs) But I just built that muscle over those few years that like I can memorize quickly. But also it's like you have to free yourself to just have fun at that point. You know, like when you go out there, it's like you out there, boo, just, you know, have a good time while you're out there because then the audience will. And you just be surprised how much people actually are rooting for you, which is like crazy to think, you know, in a, in a show with such a like dedicated fan fandom and like just a, a group of people that you would be like, I don't see her. I'm trying to see, you know, that was the expectation. But I remember the first time I went on for Christine, when I rolled the chapstick, the audience was clapping and screaming but also in my head, I think I like looked up and was like, oh my God, I'm on the stage right now. <laughs> I think that's like where my brain, my brain went there. And I was just like, yeah, I got to just get through the first 25 minutes and then I can compartmentalize, you know, moment by moment. But it was just like the antithesis of going on for Tiffany, who's like big stuff comes in act two. And then just like Christine is just like right out the gate. Where it's like, either you know, baby, or you do not. And that's just what that is. And you're about to find out today. So (laughs) it was an insane experience, but also like an experience that I think most people should have. Because people should respect the people that step in when they cannot step in. And know that they're not doing it every single day that they are, I had moved on to another part when I stepped on for Tiffany. They were like, scratch that character, you're going back. So it was just like this always impending, like, am I going on? Am I going on tonight? Oh, uh, they look tired. Oh, I don't, you know, just, it's always just impending anxiety and stress. That goes away eventually. But, you know, would I rather go play a part every single night? Yeah. Cause I get that muscle and then, you know, you're sitting back there and I I was telling, who did I go on? It was maybe for Tiffany. No, Stephanie. It was for Stephanie. I, Troy and I watched this web series every Wednesday and we always ate Chipotle. So I was feeling so just like, it is what it is in regards to that. Cause it was, I got the call like 1145, 1130. And it was a, the matinee. And I remember my first thought was, I just felt inconvenienced that I wasn't going to get Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset that I wasn't going to get Chipotle that I think just like my brain doing that really like made me calm and at ease. I was like, okay, I'm just going to 
I'm going to do it. And like, I know what I know and I'm going to find out what I know. And I'm just going to have, try to have fun today. (laughs) It's amazing to see how like little moments can really like help or hurt. The not getting Chipotle was actually like a nice little, here you go. You will be more chill when you perform. Yep. Man, crazy times. So I've been listening to your performance of Good Kid so much. Oh, thanks. Nonstop. Because I remember when you performed it for Broadway Buskers, I was like, ooh, I haven't heard it like that. And then it's a fresh take in so many different ways. I've heard you talk about that you really love singing that song. What's Mm -hmm. your relationship with it? The first time I sang it was at JTF. And that's actually how I met Rob. I think it was 2000 and not 19, 18, maybe 2018 when I met Rob. And I just remember feeling like a second choice, not in regards to like that, but I, I am a professional second placer, which is, it's not bad, but like when you see a trend, you're always, you feel it's just hyper-focused that like, I'm not doing exactly enough. And a lot of people will say, well, second place is good. And you're just like, but when you're always in second place, you know? And I just remember going out there and I hadn't seen the show at that point and just feeling like, wow, this is a song that I can let that feeling come out in, you know? And just seeing the kids out there and the, the, the teachers out there, JTF is like Disney world for theater people, just like with the amount of kids and the amount of like the quality of art that they're making. Mm -hmm. And it's almost just like something happens to us as artists from that age, if we have an exposure to the arts, to where we get older, like we just lose that play and that freedom that these kids have. And they're just so excited to be there and share space with each other. And I just remember people coming up to me and thanking me, one for being uh, optically a woman and of color on stage. But then also just like singing a song whose that lyrics say something. Um, I know for my demographic, demographic, sometimes we just screaming and squelching and hollering and belting and breaking our throats in musical theater. And to have a song whose journey, even if that's where I end up vocally, it asks for that and it builds up for me to organically give that. So like having that song where I was like, whoa, I truly have felt like I'm trying here and everything isn't working. And then to be able to do that. And then like Rob and I have been friends ever since. So, which is also great. I love Rob. Yeah, I had him and Amanda on last week. And it's just like, they're so wonderful. He was even talking about being rokikied as like a term, like something that he's supposed to get and then it falls through or like the show was about mm. to open and then it didn't. And I was like, I feel that when you, you've worked your whole life for something, you work so hard and then it's just, you get second place or you don't get it. And that perseverance for when you finally get it, I love, I love the Iconison family and the Rob and the Good Kids family and how much they kind of, Intersect. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm just saying, like, it's also weird sometimes that second places, while they seem like they're a setback, they're sometimes they force you to just like let go of things and bring that letdown or bring that determination to the thing you're actually supposed to receive. And I'm like, I have a testament of that. As a competitive speaker, I had only done the activity two years and I got to. Um, nationals and I tied with someone 
the first time that's ever happened in history that two people actually earn the same amount of points. And they broke the tie and they gave the other person a point that they technically didn't earn. And so I got second by breaking of the tie and they got first. And I just remember being like, really? You know, I took five events. They took six events. There's no reason why we should have even tied. And I was going to be a communications professor. I was going to go teach communications and everything fell through. Like literally everything fell through. And I just went to school to do theater. And I will never forget. It was literally the day of the election presidential election and I was going into an audition and I got a text from my coach that said hey we had a meeting at nationals about that event that happened where we overturned the tie for top speaker and we overturned it so now you are duly recognized as national champion and I literally said okay (laughs) you know like it had been three years I've like far removed from that but it was interesting that I actually, I got the thing, the, the important thing, which is the immortality. Like I'm in a book. I'm somewhere that will always remain, but I was also forced to move on. And who's to say I would have moved on to where I'm at and what I'm doing. Had I gotten that little gratification, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to teach communications. I'm going to be a speech coach, which is nothing wrong with that. But I would have I would have grasped onto safety and something familiar versus like launching out and being like, well, why not? Might as well, (laughs) might as well try. So sometimes there's like blessings in disguises in like second places. Sometimes you'll settle for that first place of that thing that you think is really high up there and is actually pushing you towards that ultimate first. And I'm like, I would much rather push towards that ultimate first and look back and say, whoa, those those experiences really made me the fighter that I am right now. Yep. You know, it just made me think of something I haven't really thought of in like a year or so. When I was a reporter in West Texas, I loved being a day-to-day reporter. Like there are people who dream of being on the anchor desk and dream of these other things. But being out in the field to me was just the best. Communicating with everyone, the community and getting to know like the local people. And I was on my way back from an assignment and the back tire blew off and I was driving the speed limit and it was horrible and I went to the hospital and I'm okay now but my back is kind of blocked and I wasn't able to go out into the field for weeks and I was the Friday Night Lights reporter and this dream of mine to be a sports reporter in West Texas it was just all these things were crumbling down and I thought this is my identity you know I've worked so hard for this and I ended up going on the morning show and I got I was like helping to produce. I was an assistant producer. And then I had my own segment trending now. And that's what led me to being on Anchor Desk and bringing a little bit more theater and then realizing that theater was my actual dream. Mm -hmm. In this whole thing, it's so crazy to think of if I had stayed on that path, I don't know if I would have had that same spark, but writing these trending now segments and throwing in little like, Hamilton or theater references into every show was my little way of having fun. And it just hit me as like an epiphany. Wait, I love this. This is like my dream. This is my passion. And then I moved to New York the next year and started B-Way Show. <laughs> yep. And start and did it. Yep. Crazy. It's that it's so amazing to use these times to really reflect back at things that you didn't know you weren't reflecting back necessarily. Yeah. You know, and Be More Chill was the first show I got to cover opening night. Oh, that's dope. That's cool. 
So that's certainly like, I'll remember that forever. That cake was amazing. The drinks with the green. Yeah, that was a sick, that was a sick party. That was really cool. That was legit. Did you have like a favorite moment (laughs) in Be More Chill that you love to either act or to see from the wings? Uh, I like Smartphone Hour. I don't think that that song ever got old to watch. That was cool. And also every time they got on the bus. That was cool, too. Those are good times. I remember specifically when you came out as Tiffany's character and you have that big moment in Smartphone Hour. Oh, you just, gosh. You step forward and you nail it and you just hear the audience erupt. That was amazing. They were, I, that was the most terrifying thing ever because it's like only person that you're seeing after Tiffany is Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> And I will stand by that statement. And Amanda was great because Amanda was the vocal advisor for the show. And she was so good at, like, not making the sounds that the people on stage are making, but, like, working on your sounds, which is, that just goes to that unique thing where it's, like, it's so much harder to, like, perfect you. Whereas, like, you can look at someone else and be like, oh, I just want to do that. And that really, like, Amanda was the goat of Be More Chill. Like, she really, she saved me many a time. Yeah, that was a crazy moment. (laughs) That was great. And we have Judy commenting that she went to JTF with her youngest uh, and the Smash Stars were guest panel, and it was so cool. JTF is, like I said, it's one of the best places to go and bring young people and, like, one of my dreams and goals is to create something that is sustainable, one for like theater artists that maybe aren't working, but to give students in the New York area, maybe from non-art specific schools or schools that don't have a lot of funding in the arts, but to give them the opportunity to create shows where they can go and, and show off what they've created. And I think that the arts really is important. And a lot of people don't understand that it, it gives you integrity because you have to get out there and put something forward. It helps you do public speaking, but also you like get to be someone else when you speak. So if you are afraid, you know, it's not you, it's Mary Poppins. So you get to speak as Mary Poppins, but just like really encouraging students and people just to to take up space. And that as you would practice writing in cursive or basketball, you have to practice doing that too. But in the guise of just like having a costume and getting to sing songs. I miss theater. I did it all throughout high school. And, you know, I was like, I comboed doing theater and also playing sports. But there is something so fun about going out and singing a big number and like having a dance off. Um, Yeah. It's just energy. It's just like energy that you like get to transport from one person to another. It's, it's community is what happens. Like just people coming together and like whatever happens, happens. Because, you know, it changes every night and something different happens. But it's, it's, it's a freeing experience because when done right, it's never about you. It's always about the other person. And if that's done right, no one on stage is thinking about themselves. They're thinking about somebody else up there. So it's just a liberating, should be selfless experience. That's a great point. And a great transition because, so I kind of sprung this idea of, would you like to sing something? And you are totally welcome to say no, because I just asked, but would you like to? 
I will sing a verse of my favorite song that I sing to Pip sometimes. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to put you on gallery view and take it away. Okay. Who said that every wish would be heard and answered when wished on a morning star? Somebody thought of that and someone believed it and look what it's done so far. So we've been told and some choose to believe it. I hope the wrong way and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Oh, that was so beautiful. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to put us back on this. This is a fancy little thing I learned, how you can change it up. Mm. Oh, you can change it? So that it can be like you are the main one for when you're singing and then have a side-by-side -side for when it's you know, just a conversation. This was a revelation in the last, between the last video and this one, so. <laughs> fancy. I feel very fancy. Oh, that was so beautiful, though. Rainbow Connection. It's, uh, we were just watching the Muppets movie the other day. I haven't seen it, probably because I know I'll cry. Will I try? Rip off the Band-Aid. It's just like, it is so beautiful. I, I've watched it twice. The first time was at Maryland because Jim Henson went to Maryland. They had like a free screening ahead of time at like our auditorium and we all got to see it and the, the newest movie and it was so good. I'll do it. I'll rip it off. I'll hug the dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I want to be conscious of your time. I just want to ask, is there anything that you want to share directly to your fans out there who are watching? I guess I would just say these are words for people and also words for myself that there's no right or wrong way to experience this time that we're in, that what may make us feel good today may make us feel bad tomorrow, and that we need to be kind to ourselves as we navigate something that no one walking this planet right now can say that they've experienced. And that theater will come back, maybe not the way that we remember it, and that's okay. But someone said something to me yesterday that like really struck a chord in me. And I said, I hope that we take this time to actually build what it is we've been saying we want to see. And he said to me, I'm going to expect it to actually be better than I expected. And I think we should all move forward with expectations so high, like everything's going to be better because we deserve representation in theater. We deserve to have universal health care. You deserve to have an affordable education if you want to go get an education. Like all these things that we're seeing that are being hyper-focused and hyper-realized right now, we deserve those things. So we need to take care of each other as we pursue them and use this time to reflect and um, yeah, celebrate ourselves. You don't have to work out every day. Eat a cookie if that's what you want to, you know what I mean? Like everybody is doing what they feel they need to do to stay sane and stay safe and to, you know, if, you, if you're a writer and you aren't writing, great. You know, we deserve to have just the multi-complex experiences that we need to have right now. So I would just encourage everybody to, including myself, to be kind to ourselves while we're just navigating something that we are completely powerless 
against right now. Exactly. Strong mental health right now, being there for one another. That's all we can ask. And certainly, I mean, that's why I started these conversations was just to talk a little bit about what's going on now and also just remember Broadway and theater at its best and how can we maybe improve it moving forward. I wish I remembered who tweeted this out, but it said, if society just goes back to the way it was beforehand, then we'll have failed. Because yeah. this, is, this is the time where you should be thinking, okay, how can we help the less fortunate? How can we be more considerate? How can we be more thoughtful? How can we be more inclusive? And so that's certainly things that I'm, I'm trying to think of and juggle with and see how I can do my part in that. Yeah, agreed. Are there any things that you want to specifically use this time to promote yourself or any organizations that people should be checking out? If you can, you know, obviously donating to the Actors Fund is really there to help support artists who are just unique employees, <laughs> not just during this time, but all the time. People that are bringing to you the art that is sustaining you, like really considering if you can, that's definitely not me saying give the last dollar that you have to that. And also, you know, I get people that DM me all the time. They're like, this is weird. I'm sorry that I DM'd you. I, for one, am not someone that finds those types of messages weird. It really connects me to the people that, you know, I would not have any type of career or any type of work if there weren't people that were impacted by the work that I bring or the work that I do. So just know that, you know, that weird message that you think may be weird, as much as you think people uplift you, you uplift other people as well. So, you know, make your art, do your drawings, write your letters, whatever that is that, you know, encourages the people that you say encourage you. It is also our job to reciprocate that encouragement. So definitely, I would I would say that, you know, being in a financial situation like everybody is right now, you know, do what you can to help others. But also just like this is like a little moment where we all can just find a little selfishness of like, I need to take care of me and, you know, and hope that other people are also taking care of themselves. And if I have enough to help someone, I will and I can, but I'm not going to sacrifice myself in this, like, who knows how long this is going to last time. So like finding the balance of selflessness and selfishness right now, definitely, I would say. Amen. Yeah, that is that is very well said. Definitely look at the Actors Fund. Um, and I'll say I have a Patreon. I call it the Showtreons. So if you want to... <laughs> Join on board with that. Now is always a great time. Thank you to everyone who has helped. And uh, the series of The Show Must Go Online will continue. Tomorrow I have Nick Walker and Eliza Oman. And who knows who else might join? Who knows? Anything could happen. So, Morgan, thank you so much. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you. You too. Say bye, Pippi. (laughs) Oh, he's jumping. Bye. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Thanks for listening to the 37th episode of BYU Show, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. Catch Morgan and this phenomenal cast of Town on tour now. Thanks to all the Showtreons and special shout out to the Showstopper and Shonanigans levels. Claire Freeman, Lou Bailey, Ashley Stazak, Judy Kotner, Naomi Kotner, Shannon Wheeler, John Benson, Chris Mascaro, Eva fink Cindy Howard, Julie Larkin, and Lisa Michelle Martino O'Neill. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtreon. Head over to patreon.com slash show. You get exclusive access to film performances, photos, and interviews, as well as up-to-date news on what's going on in the theater world. It's a fun time. 
come check it out. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, AK Geddon for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, Alex Brightman for the Showtime promo, Chelsea Hill, AK Illustrating Diva for the cool cover art, Julian Ang for editing this interview, all the wonderful guests, and all of you for being here. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.